0: It is an honor to represent Raider Nation in this historic franchise. And there will be one focus from here going forward. And simply put, it'll be to just win, baby. Now back to unnecessary roughness. Here's your boy Q.
1: Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. It is his birthday today. You talking to you heard him here. Talking about just win, baby. Quick Raider note, veteran linebacker Jamie Collins met with the Raiders today. No immediate deal. He's 32, has had a hell of a career, former Pro Bowler. Uh, 700 career, 706 career tackles, 26 and a half sacks, 12 interceptions, and 19 forced fumbles. And obviously, he's a guy that's very familiar with the coaching staff coming over from New England. But uh, Jamie Collins is a free agent, and he did meet with the Raiders earlier today. Now, on the phone lines, joining us to kick off hour number two of the show is Derek Stevens from Circa Sports. He is the owner and CEO of Circa Sports, and it's not often that we have an owner and a CEO on the show. So, uh, Derek, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And how's everything going over at Circa these days?
2: Oh, it's pretty good. Great to talk to you guys. Uh, you know, football season's right here. This is the time we all live for. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. And you know, I was reading an article earlier today saying that there's a lot of folks placing a lot of money on the silver and black to win the Super Bowl. Is that what you're seeing over at Circus Sports as well?
2: Yeah, you know, of course we're gonna get we're gonna get a little more biased towards uh, towards the locals. So we've seen we've seen a good amount of uh, a good amount of Raiders action. That's for sure. Um, it's not where we have the highest liability um, quite at this point in time, but uh, but definitely we've seen an awful lot of Raiders action, and a lot of tickets on the Raiders. that's for sure.
1: You know, and we just heard from uh, Devonte Adams, how did how did things change over there when Devonte Adams was traded to the Raiders? from where it might have been when the when the offseason began and then all of a sudden they make that big move for Devonte Adams? How much did you see the lines change and the money being put down on the Raiders? How much did that change?
2: Uh, you know the Devonte Adams move that immediately immediately impacted the market. Um, we saw an awful lot of tickets. You know, right right when the news started breaking, and then uh, you know within that next week, we saw we saw a tremendous amount of uh, uh, of movement. We saw a lot of movement also. It wasn't just on, on on Super Bowl or on AFC, but we did see a lot of movement right then. Um, Will. On the uh, on the wager, will the Raiders win the AFC West? Mm. That was uh, that was a big hitter when when uh, when that when that move came out.
1: Talking right now with Derek Stevens, he is the owner and the CEO of Circa Sports here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. You know, Derek, people always ask me, "Hey, Q, I'm coming to town. Where should I go watch a game?" And I'm always like, Circa. There is no better place to watch it than at Circa. There's a thousand TVs. Of course, they've got the monster one on the swim. Uh, they've just got all the different action there to watch all the games, but. But you also have the Circa Million Contest going on over there, and uh, there could be a lot of money made. Again, why it's called the Circa Million Contest. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, you know, it's our it's our big football contest, the Circa Millions. You know, we started it four years ago, and, uh, you know, last year, each year we bumped it up in uh, what we're guaranteeing. We started with a million and a half, then it was uh, three. Last year we did four. This year we bumped it up to $6 million, so it'll be the – It'll be the biggest uh, legal football contest uh, in, uh, in history, so we're pretty excited about it. Uh, you still got a few days to, to register. Uh, you got to register by Saturday morning. And the way it works is, it's a thousand dollar entry fee. Um, you got to pick five games against the spread each week, and uh, we pay the top one hundred out with the winner guaranteed a million. Uh, we also, out of that six million, we're guaranteeing. A million two of it goes off in quarterly prizes. So we bro- broke out the uh the season into four quarters. So week one through four is a quarter and you know, three hundred thousand dollars a quarter is what we're guaranteeing. You know, we kinda did that just in case, you know. Sometimes you play these contests, if you get off to a slow start, you don't want to get despondent. So it keeps you in the uh, keeps you in the game throughout the entire season. So again for us it's a big move uh I'm pretty excited about the next, uh, next two and a half days because <laughs> not only is it great for, uh, you know, for, for our property, but it, it, everybody, on, everybody at Circa and the D is so, so excited because there's people coming in from all over, uh, all over the country to participate. And it just adds to the excitement of, uh, of football season kicking in.
3: Yeah, Derek, something that I wanted to ask you about the contest, do you need to go to a physical property to be able to
2: register? Yeah, the way it works. Yeah, the way it works in Nevada, you got to go to one of our properties. So either the Golden Gate, the D, or Circa, and then we've got uh, we've got three uh, satellites uh, at the Pass in Henderson, at the Tuscany here in Vegas, and then at Legends Bay up in Reno Sparks area. You have to register in person. Um, you can you can then put your picks in on on, on the app, um, and if you're if you're out of town or if you're from out of state you can actually get a proxy and a proxy could put put the picks in for you. We're so close to the kickoff of the season and if you go into the Circus Sports book it's open 24 hours. Um there's proxies like on call like doing office hours <laughs> right now. So it's uh, it's crunch time right now.
1: I know that's right. Not mad at that at all. Again, we're talking with Derek Stevens. He's the owner and CEO of Circle Sports. And, Derek, I know that that was always a a lifelong dream for you and your brother to be, you know, owning your own sports betting venture. You know, how how is that? How does that feel to this day, knowing that that is one of your lifelong dreams and and you two have been able to accomplish that?
2: Well, you know, I came out to Vegas in 2006 when I bought the Golden Gate, and uh, I always wanted to get into sports betting. But I, I just didn't think we were big enough. I had enough scale. And then in 2011, we bought Fitzgerald, Turned into the D the next year. Still wanted to do it, but I didn't think we had enough scale. And then uh, when we had an opportunity to uh, buy buy some of the properties uh, on that block between uh, Main Street and First Street, right along Fremont Street, about we okay, we're gonna we're gonna build a book, and when we do it. We're gonna we're gonna build the biggest and best, and that's what we tried to do: build the world's biggest sports book and. Uh, and then, and then, you know, bringing the app into play and, and, and the way sports betting has changed, uh, you know, for the individual or so much of the actions on your, on your phone, it just changed things. So it allowed us to get in the game. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad we did. Uh, you know, with sports betting now legal in 30 states, I've always said, I've always said when people ask me, um, is that going to hurt Vegas? And I said, no, 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 not at all. The more sports betting is legal throughout the country, the better it is for us. And the reason is, is because, the media focuses a lot more on it. I mean, and all the radio stations, all the TV stations, uh, there's so much more focus on sports betting. And, and obviously, I think that's good. I mean, it's good for the consumer. It's good for the sports fan. It's good for the leagues uh, who are finally admitting it's good for the leagues. It's good for the team owners and everything. So uh, I'm just a big fan of sports betting, and uh, and I think this is great for everybody.
3: All right, Derek, you mentioned earlier before that if the Raiders were to win the Super Bowl and go all the way, that wouldn't be the biggest team to hurt the books. So I know that noting that everybody's not putting money on the Jacksonville Jaguars, that would hurt <laughs> Vegas. So but what would be the team that would shock you guys that if like that would hurt the books the most if they were to actually win the Super Bowl? Well,
2: I'll tell you I'll tell you for us, there's two there's two teams. Remember, this is just me speaking on behalf of Circus Sports. Every book's a little bit different mm-hmm. on, uh, on what type of action you took. Um, we took um, quite a few six-figure bets on, uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Chiefs are our biggest liability, I would say, on a team that actually has a potential of, uh, of doing something like this. Uh, but our actual biggest nominal liability, it's on a team it was a real long shot. Um, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers huh. is where our, our, our biggest liability is. But, you know, you can grow those liabilities pretty quick when you're posting something at like 150 to 1, and then it went to 120 and 100. I think we're at 75 to 1 right now. So when you got those long shots, those liabilities can start uh, growing pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and so that that's, man, that's that's monstrous right there. Those are some big numbers that you're talking about, and uh, before we let you go, you know, you mentioned that the leagues are embracing sports betting, and no matter what radio station I'm on, doing all kind of different shows, betting is always part of it now, where at one point it was like, hey, shh, don't talk about that. You can't talk about that. So now it's, it's wide open like some old-school TV antennas. With the Raiders also being in town and the NFL really getting in bed and wanting to do so much here in town, how has that changed the landscape of sports betting, if it has at all?
2: Well, I think, you know, things have evolved pretty quickly. I mean, you know, I always loved I always loved Vegas Sports Radio cuz it was it was one of the only outlets where you, where I could listen to things that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And uh now it's kind of get picked up a little bit all over the place. I think, you know, really when uh, the Golden Knights came to town, that was kind of a watershed moment for Vegas. That was a watershed moment for uh for sports betting. And then, you know, when the Pasco really came came along, that was obviously another watershed moment. And then, and then when Mark Davis jumped in and the NFL took the position that they're coming to come to Vegas, uh, you know, I'd say that was, that was the, that was the, that was the big deal. So all these coming together is just, it's just terrific for Las Vegas. And you guys know, I'm, I'm such a Vegas, uh, Vegas fan, that uh you know all these developments have just been terrific so they've all kind of added up it's all it's all the accumulation of, of what's taken place and and now now you think about vegas what what other city do you want to go to um, to watch games, to be a part of it. I mean, there's there's no better city in America than Vegas. And uh, I think we're seeing it. We're seeing it in our hotel bookings and everything like that from now through uh, now through the middle of February.
1: I agree 100%. It's been fantastic to be out here. I've been over here out here just a little bit over a year. And, man, i am tell you, uh, I've loved every single minute of it. Well, Derek, fantastic stuff. Great uh, information on Circa Sports and the Circa Million Contest. One more time for the folks that are listening, where do they need to go to get signed up so they can be a part of this and win some big-time money?
2: Yeah, come on down to one of our properties. Come to the D, the Golden Gate. Come to uh, come to Circa Las Vegas. We'll be, we're up twenty four hours a day and sign up for this contest. We're going to have one heck of an overlay in this contest. It'll be the biggest overlay in uh, contest history. It'll be the biggest contest ever. And uh, I know I would love to have a local win this. That I that I can tell you right now.
1: Well, that's that's fantastic. Great stuff, Derek. We appreciate you, man. You guys have fantastic uh, uh, properties over there. We'll come over there and see you at the Circle real soon.
2: Sounds great. Good talking to you
1: guys. All right, you too. There he goes. Derek Stevens, the CEO, the owner of Circa Sports, Circa Resort and Casino, the D Las Vegas, Golden Gate Hotel and Casino, downtown Las Vegas Event Center. A little bit of everything. Uh, he's got it covered. So we're going to definitely have to get out there and check out some action out there at Circa. But if you want to be a part of it, that's exactly how you do it. 3.13 is the time. The injury report has been released by the Silver and Black for Wednesday. Plus, we got a little bit of sound from Mad Max Crosby out of the locker room, courtesy of Vinny Bonsignor. We definitely appreciate him. You'll hear all all that when we come back. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Raiders have put out their injury report for Wednesday. Of course, we'll get one tomorrow. We'll get one Friday and then the official game status about an hour and a half uh, before kickoff on Sunday. Allegiant Stadium as the Raiders and the Chargers take battle. For Week One of the NFL season, the eighteen-week, seventeen-game season, man, it's a—it's definitely a marathon, not a sprint. But man, it feels like we're sprinting to the first game, right? It feels like we're all in full throttle, let's go mode, uh, excited about what we're going to see coming up on Sunday for the Raiders. Now, let's start with the Chargers. For the Chargers, cornerback J.C. Jackson dealing with the ankle injury, he did not participate even though Brandon Staley, the head coach, said earlier that his game status is going to be questionable. So we'll see. One report said that he was not going to play on Sunday, and uh, Brandon Staley said, nah, that's not quite accurate. He's a game-time decision. So right now, did not participate on Wednesday. We'll see how it progresses throughout the course of the of the week. Uh, Donald Parham Jr., the tight end, hamstring issue, did not participate on Wednesday. Again, Thursday and Friday, and then we'll find out the game status on Sunday. And running back Isaiah Spiller, who's dealing with an ankle injury for the Chargers, was a full participant in Wednesday. So it looks like he's good to go for the Raiders. Crickets, (laughs) crickets. That's what's on the, the injury report for the silver and black, nobody. And again, it's only Wednesday, but you want to talk about the way you want to be going into week one with nobody on the injury report. Fantastic. Again, it's only Wednesday. I'm sure that, you know, there could be something pop up between now and, and Sunday, but as of right now, things are looking really good as far as the Silver and Black is concerned. Coming up at 3.30, we have Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She's going to join us to talk all things LV Aces uh, as they came away with the big victory last night. My man Demond was at Parkway Tavern and uh, was hosting a watch party and uh, had plenty of people out there watching the game, cheering on the Aces, and they've punched their tickets to the finals. That'll happen on Sunday. Imagine this. Imagine this. The Raiders are playing the first game of the season at SoFi Stadium while their sisters, and they are... Under the same umbrella, owned by Raiders owner Mark Davis, are going to be playing the finals at Michelob Ultra Arena. So there's going to be eyes on the Raiders, eyes on the Aces. I mean, everything is going to be on and popping. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun day on Sunday, that's for sure.
3: Oh man, and then depending on what time the game tips off, right? It might be a double TV
1: type of day. It might be. It might be. I might be sitting in the press box trying to trying to at least uh, check in on Twitter and find out what the score of the game is because you know, of course, got to pay attention to what the Raiders are doing, but. And the Aces, they're, they're playing some good ball. Do you know, and I don't know if you heard this nugget. We'll talk to Paloma about this coming up at 3.30. I don't know if you heard after the game last night. Asia Wilson only sat out for four minutes in the series. Not the game. Not the last two games. The series. That series was three games long, right? It was four. It was four. So that's just a minute a game. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Four games. That's right. They lost the first one, and then they won the last three. So, yeah, there you go. Four games, she sat out four minutes total. That's why she was named the league MVP, and that was actually already announced before. Well, it wasn't announced, but it was already done before the playoffs ever got started. But, again, if you needed reason to wonder why she was the league MVP, perfect example right there. Put the team on her back. Come go with me. Vinny Bonsignor he was in the Raiders locker room earlier today Uh, got the chance to talk to a few of the Silver and Black members including Max Crosby who've been talking a lot about on today's show talking about the expectations here's Max Crosby just talking about coaching and coaching changes um you know honestly I feel like that's like how it is with any coach like you really don't know what to expect and like when you really got a great relationship with one coach you're like you know, I would never leave that coach like I, that's the only way you can think but then you get a new perspective on it Um, and then you're like, okay, I see it. I see what they're seeing now So it's just like it doesn't matter like you just got to adapt, you know, especially in the NFL Like there's always gonna be new coaches new um, Experiences and philosophies, but you just got to continue to you know, you take things from other coaches Um, and you just keep adding on, you know, obviously Coach Graham, or Matt Edwards Robo, all those guys like they have their own uh, Perspective on things and they've done a great job. So, you know, just taking things what I've learned in the past and just continuing to grow on what I have has uh, been, been great and I think it's been, uh, been an awesome experience so far. You want to talk about a professional, man, right there. And it's so funny, I got a tweet after we were playing Devontae Adams in his presser uh, talking about he sounds like such a, a professional and that he's ready to go to work and he's you know just so as a matter of fact about it. And if that doesn't sound like the same thing when you listen to to Max Crosby talk right there. You can just tell that he's locked in. It doesn't matter what coach is coaching him up. He's going to do everything that he's told to do, and how to do it, and and go out there and give a maximum effort. I mean, you know, and no pun off on his name, but I mean, that's just what he brings to the table. He gives you all the effort in the world every single time out. You see it in practice. You see it during uh, games. You see it all the time. He just is always that guy that's full throttle. All day, Raider A, hit us up on the Sam and Nash text line at 69187, keyword r Mad Max is going to eat this year. He wants more than just the money that comes with being a great player. He wants to be a Hall of Famer. So that march to the Hall of Fame starts now, game one of the 2022 season. Call me crazy, but I think that about the midway point of the season, teams are going to gonna have to game plan for him since he'll already have 10 sacks. And that's when Jones and Koontz will really start to get theirs. 15 sacks for Max, 11 for Jones, and 7 for Koontz in a limited time role. And look, I, I don't know when Max is going to hit double-digit sacks, I really don't. I mean, it's one of those things that sometimes it takes a while to get them, and sometimes it takes a while to get them going. What I do know about sacks is usually they come in bunches, right? I mean, all the really good pass rushers that that I've been watching for years on top of years on top of years, they usually get them in bunches. Max Crosby is no different. He usually gets his sacks in bunches, so if he can get things started on a good note, on a good foot this uh, this upcoming Sunday against the Chargers, then some really good things could happen. I I, I do believe that, so We'll see, but uh, what All Day Raider A said about Max wanting to be a Hall of Famer, he said that to us on this very show when he signed his contract. He he called into the show, uh, talked to us, gave us a good 20 minutes. Uh, you can go check out that uh, that interview. Matter of fact, we have it pinned on our, our Twitter account at R&R 920 AM. If you ever want to hear that, it's up there. He said it on the show that I want to, I want more than just money. I want more than just, hey, that's a good player. I want to be a Hall of Famer. And it's so funny because... When and Tomlinson went into the Hall of Fame, I remember asking him specifically, you know, like, what does it feel like to be a Hall of Famer? How did you know that you were good enough at one point to become a Hall of Famer and get to this point? And he said, "Cute. nobody knows. Nobody knows. He's like, you can't imagine being in this position because it takes one. It takes longevity. It takes years of, of dominance. And you've got to, at some point, just be the best of the best at that position. And then all of a sudden... When it's all said and done, you start to look back and say, well, hell, I put together a pretty good resume, right? But he was so humble about it. He just said that there's no way that I could ever sit back and imagine myself being a Hall of Famer because you just got to get in there and start putting in the work. So for Max Crosby to say, I want to be a Hall of Famer, that lets it be known that he wants to do all the work, all the groundwork that it takes to put in that longevity, to be the most dominant guy at that position, to, to have the notoriety. Yeah, the money's great. The money's great, but, you know, just like I say it all the time, you know, and and don't let my boss hear this, but, I mean, I would do this job for free, right? Now, don't let the powers that be hear this because they might be like, well, hey, hell, let's take him up on his offer. Because when you're passionate about something, you're not really working. As much as we, you know, say, oh, man, we work too much, we got all this. Not really working, right? We love this stuff. Max is that guy to me. Now, it's great to have the $96 million contract said, don't get me wrong. He ain't giving it back no time soon. But it's one of those situations where it's like, man, there's more than just money that drives him. And I heard that the other day from Darren Waller, too, right, when they were in the locker room talking to him about changing his agent. And, you know, he said, oh, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be out there playing. And later he was quoted on saying, like, yeah, money's great. I want to get the, the contract extension for sure. But, I mean, I'm happy. And, and the money is not the only thing that's going to make me happy. What I'm doing and playing this game with my brothers at a high level, that's what makes me happy. It's more than just money. There's certain guys like Trent Brown. He blocked me anyway on Twitter, so it doesn't matter. He's a guy to me, and it's just my opinion, that plays the game of football for because of what it does for him, not because he loves the game. You cannot convince me there's anything about Trent Brown that loves football except for looking at his bank account on Sundays after the game. That's the only thing I think that he gives a damn about when it comes to football. That's not Max Crosby, and that's not Darren Waller.
3: Real quick, if I was 6'9", 400 pounds too? Yo. Right.
4: Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, if you're that big, damn it, you better go out there and, and and block somebody. You know, do something. I say. I see people all the time. I'm like, man, you're just big for nothing.
3: Right. <laughs> you could have exactly. done something with all that size. And then another thing about Darren Waller too, it's not about that he wants or needs the money but sometimes when it comes to these contracts and the production that you produce yeah it's about the respect and being valued at your job the way anyone in, in the regular life you want to be valued at your for job sure, for so sure. you don't want to be putting a best tight end in the number best tight end in the game numbers but you're like what what is he this year seven it's- like
1: 17th exactly <laughs> yeah
3: but everybody consensus top 100 list i know these things don't matter right. but when it comes to just like looking around your peers something's not adding up
1: right big facts big facts i like that uh, a couple quick texts, and we'll take a break. Mailman Raider said, "Q, if we're talking defensive MVP, that award is typically given to the NFL sack leader. So if that's the case, we're looking at the Condor with 23 and a half sacks, and sprinkle in some other stats. Is that realistic? I don't know, but he works his ass off every down, so I won't count it out. And Mailman Raider, great text. You're absolutely right, but just go back to Khalil Mack. He didn't have 23 and a half sacks. He didn't, you know, he didn't break the the uh, all time sack record. I mean, he had what that year? 15? I think he had 15 sacks that year. But he also had, he had moments." that were, okay, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, that's that's a special dude. I already referenced a couple of them earlier in the show when he had that five-sack performance against the Denver Broncos up in Denver. That was huge. When he had that game against the Carolina Panthers where Derek Carr went out with a, a messed-up pinky for a little while and then came back into the game. But what happened? Khalil Mack had a strip sack to, to save the game. Also had an interception right before halftime and ended up getting a touchdown out of it, jumping into you know, the, uh, the, the stands there at the Coliseum. That was, that's one of those Heisman moments where you remember that. Oh, I remember exactly where I was when that play happened, right? I mean, those are the kind of moments. So, yeah, you're right. The sack leader is usually the guy that's, that's going to lead the charge as far as defensive player of the year, but you also have to have moments. And I think that Max Crosby is very capable of having anywhere from 12 to 15 sacks and also having moments. That's what I think is, is the, the bigger deal is having those game-changing moments where, you know, it's, it's third and eight in the red zone. The Chiefs are driving, you know, game-winning, game-winning touchdown drive potentially, and Max Crosby comes in, strips the ball, uh, recovers it, game over, right? We've seen those. We saw Khalil Mack. How many times did Khalil Mack close games? He was a closer. He used to close games for the Raiders when the year he won Defensive Player of the Year. That's what you have to see. You have to have closing moments. You got to be like the Sandman. Remember Mariano Rivera? When they called his number for the Yankees, you knew, game over. Here comes the Sandman. Game over. He wasn't like Rod Beck for the Giants. Rest in peace. Rod Beck was the – when he came in, started swinging that arm, you knew you had a chance. He swinged that damn arm. I'm like, man, he going to – and I hate to say this because my mom's a big Giants fan, and she's probably texting me right now stop talking about my guy. He started swinging that damn arm. I thought he was going to swing that arm right off his damn elbow, man. I was like, what's this dude doing? Then he'd serve it up on a platter. Bam! Home run. Yep. Rod Beck. Always uh, always giving you an opportunity to, to win the game. That wasn't, that wasn't the Sandman, man. The Sandman closed the door. Max Greise has got to be the Sandman, not Rod Beck. 3.29 is the time. When we come back, Paloma Villacana. she'll join the show. It's radio Nation Radio, 920. Once again, these teams, who's going to execute down the stretch? Tied at 87. Gray.
4: You bet! Chelsea Gray. Here comes the screen from Williams. Gray. Six to shoot. She wants it. She's got it! Chelsea Gray. A
0: master. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q.
1: Just a couple highlights right there from what Chelsea Gray was able to put on display last night as the Aces picked up the victory over the Storm and punched their ticket to the WNBA Finals. And to talk about it, who's been someone who's been covering it like a glove is Paloma Villacana, our good friend from Fox 5 Sports. You can find her on Twitter at Paloma Villacana. And Paloma, as you hear those highlights right there from Chelsea Gray, what goes through your mind knowing the dominant performance she's been having these playoffs?
0: She's clutch. She's clutch, man. Last night she was clutch uh, in the fourth quarter and... It was just awesome to see her post-game with Holly Rowe, just get emotional of, you know, how proud she is of, of her team, but I was just saying earlier today, she had such a strong regular season, but postseason season Chelsea Gray has been amazing. She's been a dog out there, and, you know, she won the game for them last night, for sure, closing out the storm uh, last night in Game 4, and, man, it was just awesome, awesome basketball. Last night, I was on air pretty late last night on Fox 5, and... Right when the game wrapped up, and you know, I went on air, and I was like, "I'm just trying to digest everything." You know, just trying to digest like all the great basketball we saw in this uh, Aces Storm series, and just great two back to back gritty wins for the Aces. Game three, of course, was was crazy OT. You know, it was it was a fun uh game to watch game three, but last night for them to do what Becky Hammond said, you know, go up to Seattle, get to, you know, advance to the finals, come back to the Michelob Ultra Arena and and, and advance to the to the finals. You know, I'm proud of the Aces and with uh Asia Wilson and her her M V P award. It's it's just been an awesome Uh, an awesome postseason for the
1: aces no it really has and you mentioned asia wilson and and becky hammond the coach uh, announced it last night after the game and she said she had known since saturday that asia was the (laughs) mvp and you know the young ladies went crazy when they announced that how big is that for asia to win the second mvp in her career she also was defensive player of the of the year Mm -hmm. earlier just i mean the the season that she's put in what, what just just how do you put those into words
0: well, I think we've seen Becky Hammond just change the mentality of this team, just change the mental toughness, the way they approach the game, the way they take the court, the way they play, uh, you know, their their grittiness, their scrappiness, their focus is just completely different this year and You know, we got to credit Bill Lambeer and and, and the foundation he started for the Aces and, you know, what he was able to do uh, in building, you know, a roster and building the talent and, you know, getting the the players that he wanted. But for Becky Hammond to completely just change the mentality uh, of this team and really bring out and, and expect the greatness out of each player, you know, in her entire roster, we've just seen Asia Wilson just completely lock in and and play her best basketball she's ever played, uh, you know, this season consistently, game in, game out, uh, consistently to show up and to be the best basketball player in the WNBA. Every single game uh, is incredible to watch. And I was telling just some of my family members, like, just, just watching Asia Wilson, watching Chelsea Gray. Like, man, I can't wait to tell my kids about this. Like, man, that series between the Aces and the Storm, <laughs> just incredible. Like, just incredible basketball. Um, you know, I've never seen anything, anything like Chelsea Gray. I've never seen anyone like Asia Wilson. Um, and to witness it here in Las Vegas, right in front of us, it's awesome. It's awesome.
1: Talking right now with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And still speaking of Asia Wilson, you know, I, I found out last night, it blew my mind that she only sat out four minutes in the yeah. whole series. Not the game, but the whole series. Yeah, How incredible is that?
0: I mean, she's, she's their captain, she's their anchor, you know, she's their glue and You know, I think Willie Ramirez mentioned it in in sometime during this postseason that she just looked possessed out there because she was so focused. She was so locked in. She had, you know, three storm players on top of her and she still made it to the basket. I mean, she's just she's just incredible. And, you know, why would you take her out? Why would you take her out? You know, if she's playing that way, she's putting up back to back 30 point games in the postseason. Uh, You know, why would you take her out? So. Uh, yeah, her being out there, she's a factor. She's a factor for sure. And Chelsea Gray, uh, you know, even um, even uh, who is the other player that I'm thinking of? Raquana Williams. Yeah. Raquana Williams yeah. was clutch. Was clutch in this storm series. So um, even Kia Stokes, Kia Stokes to hit a big three. Mm-hmm. You know, for each player to step up and and do what they have to do. And Jackie Young and everyone just stepping up uh, this this postseason. It's been so much fun to watch. Like I said last night I went on air and I was like, Man, I'm just trying to I'm trying to collect my thoughts on everything I've just seen this week. It's, it's awesome basketball. Credit to Becky Hammond and then her entire staff.
3: All right, Paloma. Something that I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned how good of a series this was. Brianna Stewart, I didn't think she was I didn't mm-hmm. think she could miss last night after Woo! seeing all the buckets that she put up. Mm-hmm. Sue Bird's final game. It turns out this yeah. was one of the highest watch games when it comes to viewership on ESPN mm-hmm. for women's basketball ever when since since they've been carrying it for the WNBA. So what do you just think about that rivalry that the Storm and the Aces have going here now?
0: I think they both bring out that competitiveness, that rivalry that they both push each other to play play their best basketball. I mean Stewie came out there in that first half, I was like, man, yo, like someone needs to get on top of her. She is hot, you know, she is hot. But it just shows that when these two teams come together they know each other they've been in the bubble they've played in the Olympics uh, you know they know each other so there's just a lot of chemistry between these two teams and you know maybe a lot of a lot of uh, like heat too you know these are your friends you know them you want to beat them the right the competitiveness comes out you know they're not facing anyone they don't know any rookies you know like they're these two teams are really tight so um, the Asia Wilson Brianna Stewart was just incredible to watch uh, all series but I mean that game three. I was like, man, this is <laughs> yes. wild. Like my heart was racing. Re- I mean, it's just crazy to see Sue Bird hit the three, and then uh, Jackie Young her layup. It was just incredible. And then last night for the Aces, for, for Chelsea Gray to shut it down, and for the Aces to shut it down. It was it was just incredible basketball to watch. But yeah, it just shows you how talented both squads are, and just how that competitiveness. Uh, comes out when these two teams come together.
1: You know, Paloma, going back to Game 3, how you said that, you know, your heart was pounding. Uh, that was that was on Sunday, so I'm at, I'm at my yeah. buddy uh, Vegas Jess's house. We're watching the game with the family and everything, and mm-hmm. the fan in me came out, right? You know when we're watching games <laughs> yeah. courtside and we're covering it, we have to be all professional, and I say that in air quotes, we have to be all calm and chill. Yeah. The fan in me came out. I jumped up <laughs> out of the chair. I'm high fiving with Jess. I'm yeah. high five with Jason. I mean, it's just, it's like, you couldn't help but get excited and I'm glad I wasn't at that game because I probably would have done something, oh, yeah. you know, to get myself in trouble. But yeah. how much watching the aces does the fan in you just come out?
0: Well, it's just, it's just the talent, you know, the Sue, Sue bird and, and Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson. it's just the talent on both of these in this series, you know? So, so to see big shot after big shot and, you know, you're, you're just the anxiety and everything, but it just, it makes for a great, you know, a great game, a great show. And, um, yeah, even to see to see Jackie Young at the end, uh, I was just like, "Man, this this is this is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets." So, um, but to see the Aces come out on top in that one was huge, especially playing up in Seattle. You know, one of the mm-hmm. toughest places to play. I mean, they looked packed. I didn't see an open seat there. You know, those fans are crazy. They love Sue Bird, and you know, every every Seattle fan is seems really passionate when they come down to Vegas. So. To win an OT in that environment, I was like, man, I was like, I think I, that, that game proved to me. I was like, yeah, I mean, the aces are going to come out and they're going to, they're going to take all, they're going to be, they're going to take game four and win this whole thing, you know? (laughs) So it was awesome. Awesome to see.
3: All right, Paloma. We know that the Aces Sunday they're going to be playing in Michelob Ultra Arena. It's the mm-hmm. WNBA Finals, but we don't know who they're going to be playing just yet. Are you leaning any way of whether you'd rather see the Sky or the Sun? Because for me, I'd want to see Asia Wilson just matched up with Candace Parker and just to see that Ooh, series I of them know two know battle.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, the Sun have always given have always given the Aces a tough run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they've always just it's been tight ball games with with the Sun and. Yeah, with the sky and, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it'll be fun. I, I don't think the aces care, obviously, who they're playing, um, just because they're so locked in, they're so focused. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think Becky Hammond's just gonna require them to come out fighting and come out scrappy, but, First of all, I don't know where the sky were yesterday, man. They, they weren't there, but, uh, I was like, man, what? Cause they had a chance to advance to the finals yep. yesterday and they took a big L. So, um, if they do play the sky, you know, at least, at least it'll be a little bit of like, you know, a pissed off sky team, uh, you know, just coming out in Vegas, but, Man, I don't know what the they—the way the aces are playing, man—it doesn't matter who they play. Like Chelsea Gray and A.J. Wilson, I, I don't think anyone in the WNBA <laughs> wants to go up against them right now.
1: It doesn't feel like it, right? I mean, everyone's—they're uh, <laughs> playing at such a high level, and, and coach mm-hmm. has them cooking the way that they need to. And uh, Paloma just got a couple more questions for you. How important Ooh. do you think it was that they won that game last night and had an opportunity to come back to Vegas and rest before the series gets started on Sunday?
0: Yeah, man! I heard a lot of people say, "Oh, I hope they lose so that you know they can play a game five here on Thursday." Nah, right? What? Right? What? Nah, get the job done. Go up there, get to, uh, you know, after game three, it's like you the Aces had to win. You know, they had to. But that first half with Suey, I was like, I don't know, I don't know. This is this is Suey looks pissed off. But you know, Sue Bird, she, it, it being her final run, you know, you, you could tell that Seattle really wanted to keep this thing going. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's huge for the Aces to to go up to Seattle, get the job done, win two, come back here, get some much-needed rest, uh, and and come out refreshed on Sunday, especially being just that home court advantage they have at right. Michelob Ultra Arena. Um, and, and, of course, you know, Asia Wilson only posting eight points in game one. Right. I think the whole team learned that, you know, they need to come out fast. They need to come out strong um they need to be locked in mentally I know Asia Wilson said I'm not going to let that happen again like I'm not going to let that happen she made that mental switch where you know she's going to come out fighting uh in game in you know game 1 so I don't think we need any worries about <laughs> Asia Wilson coming out fighting you know back to back 30 point games from from the MVP so Man, I was saying on air, like, get your tickets now. Get your tickets now (laughs) to the finals because it's going to be rocking. It's going to be rocking.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait till everything gets started. And of course, it does get started. Tipped off on Sunday at Michelob Ultra Arena. Before we let you go, Palomo, DeMond's mm-hmm. got to ask a question about UNLV.
3: They play Cal Woo! this week. All right, UNLV going over to Cal. Marcus yeah. Arroyo used to be an assistant coach there. Mm-hmm. I know that their favorite, like there's some dogs. I mean, you know, it's in the mm-hmm. double digits, the spread there. But yeah. I know it's not a must-win game because it's only the second game of the season. But how important is this performance for the, for the Rebels just like me even if they don't win, I'm not saying they're not gonna, <laughs> but putting up an, an impressive performance against the Pac-12 team.
0: Well, I think Coach Arroyo really really emphasized this week in every interview I've done with him that their season opener 52 to 21 win over Idaho State, that's far behind them in the rear view mirror, like they've thrown that out. They've thrown that game in the trash. Like they don't even know about it. It's gone. So He's really amped up the, the competitiveness this week, uh, the, the, just the drive to, to come out and come out 2 0 at Cal. Um, you know, all the players are like, it doesn't matter who they are, Pac 12, whatever, it doesn't matter. And I've been at practice this week, and Coach Royal seems to amp up the energy, just amping up the, the focus. And it's hot and it's uncomfortable outside. And um, Coach Royal's just been more vocal and intense, almost as if he's just like, all right, we got to lock in, we got to focus. Uh, yeah they're playing Cal and a lot of their, his coaching staff members like a lot of them have been at Cal before um, but it's just a different type of intensity and then coach Royal also mentioned that his team is older his team is more mature his team is you know there 24 hours putting in putting in work uh, he told me Saturday after they got back from the from the Idaho State game his guys were back in the facility like catching balls out there just being with each other, like, just being out there. And he's like, it's just that different work ethic I'm seeing this season from from his older, more mature group. Um, So we'll see on Saturday if they can get the job done. I I know practice has been really intense this week, so I'm excited to see what they put out there on Saturday.
1: Are you making the trip out to Berkeley?
0: I am, man. Nice. I can't wait. It's going to be 70 degrees. So I'm going to be chilling.
3: Yes. Chilling. Yes. I know I got a
0: job to do, but I'm also going to be, you
3: know, chilling.
1: Hey, make sure you chill. Do that. Have a good time, man. Enjoy Telegraph Ave. That's a lot of fun. I love the city yes. of Berkeley. Uh, yes. Definitely go and soak it in and have a good time. And uh, bring back a W to, to Vegas. No pressure. Yeah, Just bring back a, yeah, a <laughs> Well, Paloma, what what are you working on? What you got coming out that uh, we need to be looking out for?
0: Um, just my red zone, man. My red zone every Sunday with Coach Arroyo at ten thirty. Um it's been awesome to have him in studio and, you know, to break down the film. We break down. We broke. We just broke down Cal and um, his experience at Cal. So yeah, we break down film. We talk about key plays. We break down his roster. We sit down with the players. Nice. Um, it's really awesome to kind of get into his program and really you know uh, pull back the layers and get to meet the coaches and the players. And he's got a lot of new faces on his team this year. Um, just yeah, and that's just the other thing. Like it's just a brand new feeling, a, a brand new uh, you know feeling I feel around the UNLV football team. So many new coaches, so many new players. It's almost like Coach Royal just has like a, a brand new season with a lot of potential. So it's yep. exciting. It's exciting to be around UNLV football this season.
1: It really is, and you're doing a great job covering it like a glove, just like you do with the Aces. So we definitely appreciate you. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Thanks, Q. See you
1: guys. All right. There she goes. Paloma Villicana right there from Fox 5 Sports. You can find all her work. She always tweets out uh, links to her work at Paloma Villicana on Twitter. Check her out. She does a fantastic job. And, man, getting that trip to go up to Berkeley, if I wasn't going to L.A., man, I'd be a little jealous, man, because I'm telling you right now, that's a fun place, man. I love me some Berkeley. So uh, if I get a chance to go up there, I'm on the first thing smoking or the first car riding. Whatever it is, you know, I'm headed out that way. Uh, Speaking of headed that way, let's and I don't know what this has to do with anything. How about we look for call in 9 right now. Why don't we hook it up, man? We've been uh, having a fun show, been partying, celebrating here on on the station just because that's what we do. How about Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Joan Jett, Poison? They're all going to be at Allegiant Stadium on Friday. You want to go, we got your tickets. Call number 9 is what we're looking for. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Coming up at uh, 4 o'clock, kicking off hour number three, we'll have Joe Reedy from the AP. He'll talk all things Chargers. What to expect from L.A. at SoFi Stadium in L.A. on Sunday as the Raiders kick off the regular season. Very excited about that. You know, I was listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max this morning on ESPN Radio, and I always appreciate what Keyshawn Johnson has to say. And I was listening, and it's so funny. And this is going to be the ultimate compliment to Demon I'm listening to what Keyshawn Johnson had to say, and all I can picture is Demon in the background saying, that's right, that's right, that's right. I've been saying that. I've been saying that. And what I mean by that is Brandon Staley gets a lot of love for being a really smart head coach because he's, well, he's just smarter than everybody else. But is he really? Here's what Keyshawn Johnson had to say this morning.
4: The Chargers... Didn't make it to the playoffs last year because they felt that the Raiders should have let him in and the Raiders said, no, we're not doing you any favors. They don't make it to the playoffs. They go nine and eight. I seen a couple of Charger games last year and I got a chance to see what the Chargers were and how they were being coached. And Brandon stated to me, cost them a handful of games, maybe not a handful, maybe four games that could have swung either way. But because of his decision-making and his boldness to I don't know, do the analytics and show everybody I'm smarter than you backfires on him four times and they lose games because of his way of coaching and managing the game. Some would think that he has grown from that. But what I would say is, yeah, he may have grown from that. But what has he taken on? Did he take on something else that can cost him? Could he all of a sudden... Not play a certain player that should be playing or not call a certain defense that he should call. Like, what type of head coach is he? There you go. Keyshawn Johnson right there. And, DeMond,
1: were you that guy in the background saying, that's right, get him, Key. Get him, Key. Yo, he he
3: stole my whole flow. <laughs> word for word, bar that's for bar.
1: all I could think of when I heard that. I was like, damn it, if this ain't DeMond just speaking right now. He's speaking into an existence.
3: Cause I mean, he was a little bit nicer than me, actually. Right? Yeah, I know. You know, he's a fake. He's a fraud. He's a phony. <laughs> me. He's a head coach for a reason. I mean, oh, I I, 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 oh, I think that course. he's he's
1: you know he's earned the right, but I think he gets a little froggy. He gets a little outside of himself a little bit because, like you said, sometimes he wants to be the smartest dude in the room.
3: That's the part where I say he's a fake. I, it's that intelligence. Right. I'm not saying he don't know ball. Right. He he's known you. more than you know than I'll ever forget. Whatever, whatever the phrase is. I got you. Yes, but when it comes to in those moments, he outsmarts himself because it's the aha. It's almost like when you're playing Madden. I'm going to go for it. My buddy doesn't think I'm going to go for it, right? And I'm going to catch him off guard.
1: And the buddy always knows exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let's speak. Speaking of the buddy, let's talk to our buddy Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, kid? What's going on? Chilling, man. Chilling. Man, I
2: know that's right. Hey, that that dude from the Chargers, that head coach, man. When this guy he when when he went for it. On the, fourth, on the fourth down, like six times. I died six times. I couldn't believe it, when, man. Last year, we couldn't stop this cat. And if this happens this Sunday, I'm going to have another heart attack. Because I don't, I don't think it's going to be this close. Because this, this Sunday, we're going to win by seven. Because our dogs go to heaven. You know what I'm saying? And I have, a, I have a big a big feeling about this team. I'm just, I'm really excited, man. I can't wait. And Sunday, come on, let's go. And that, that, that boy, Mad Max, it's, it's his year. Why not him? Khalil Mack did it, and and Mad Max going to do it too. Yep, 15 sacks, close out the games, why not? That guy's the dude. And thank you for everything you do, Q, and you guys have a good one. Let's go, Raiders.
1: There he goes, Juan the Smasher. It's always great to hear from you, my man. And, yeah, that's the thing about it, man. You get 12 to 15 sacks, you close out some games, you have some moments where people say, hey, that is the guy. And he gets some sports center moments. And I know it's not all about ESPN and sports centers, but you get those moments where, you know, people are talking about Mad Max in a major way. Then, yeah, he could be in that conversation for the Defensive Player of the Year. It, it takes a lot, as C. Wood won it when he was in Green Bay, right? But how many big time moments did C. Wood have? All those interceptions that he had, all those game changing moments that he had in Green Bay. That's how you win that award. You know, if you're, a, if you're an edge rusher, you go get sacks. You get strip sacks. You, you know, bat the balls down. You, you score maybe a touchdown or two. I mean, you just, you do a little bit of everything. I think Matt, Matt Crosby is in line to do some of that, and I think he wants to do a lot of that. So we'll see exactly what shakes out, but a lot of good stuff that we've got so far. Great feedback on the phone lines and also the Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R. When we come back, we'll talk all things charges with Joe Reedy from the AP. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.